0: All right, here we are, Shirley. Episode four. Welcome to the OC Bitch. This is episode four. Uh, The debut, which is a little misleading, that's the name of the episode, but this is indeed the fourth episode we've done of this and not a debut of any sort. (laughs) After a long hiatus. (laughs) Yes, a lot of things have changed since our last episode. Uh, with me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's leave it, let's also have a slow reveal about that. Okay, we'll get to that later. It comes up in my notes later, so we'll just let it happen naturally. So this episode is centered around the cotillion.
1: Which is not a part of either of our lives, so... no. Um, I, cotillion, I guess, is when girls, they, de- it's like, it's like a bat mitzvah sort of, but for like a lot of girls at once and debutante ball. Yeah. It's a debutante ball. Yeah. Which is like, does that actually happen? Like,
0: uh, I think so.
1: Is it right. that common? I don't know. We didn't know a single person that did that.
0: I mean, I think you don't know anyone who does it unless you live in this world and then everyone, you know, does it. It's no, a bubble no. thing. I mean, even later in like even as like I still don't fraternize with very rich people.
1: <laughs> but you've never heard of offhand of anyone you know having had a debut. That's what I'm saying. I don't. No. I, haven't, I haven't. And I feel like I don't. I don't know. It feels like a thing in movies. Like if you think about what a girl want, or is it what a girl wants? Yeah, what a yeah. girl wants. Yeah, and it's such a trope in in shows and movies. But it like. I feel like it's not a real life thing. Like dinosaurs. Someone, someone, if you've had a debutante ball, please,
0: please let us know. Oh my God. My favorite thing about having a podcast is talking about and directly to uh, fans. (laughs) TBD on who those people will be. Okay. um, So let's start with the beginning of the episode. Let's get right into it. All right. Um. So
1: like, yeah so they go to, the girls in the OC are getting ready for cotillion, aka yes. another another event that happens in an
0: episode to bring them all together. All rich people do is go to parties. Um, so this episode opens with a big a big bang, and that's uh, Sandy and wife. What's his what's her name? Pearson Pearson. Uh, Sandy and wife. <laughs> take on um Ryan uh, oh yeah as so they're officially his officially his legal guardian right it's it about <sighs> it starts out big with we are literally adopting you yeah which is kind of crazy to think how far we've come in three episodes <laughs> yeah and then Ryan is like I mean he's a flat Stanley said it once I'll say it a million more times so- times i know he's flat stanley's i'm not done saying it it's what i feel and think in my heart when i see him um and he promises no more trouble which i doubt i doubt he won't get into any more trouble
1: oh yeah the quote of the no more fights and also uh best thing is the iconic um you're a cohen now welcome to
0: life of insecurity and paralyzing self-doubt it's is a good one It's really sweet that he, uh, we kind of touch on this later in the episode, that Seth keeps bringing up, like, some very nice brotherly things, which is very endearing throughout the episode. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, they're really sweet. The theme song happens again, and I'll confess every time I start the episode and I get through The theme song. I have to pause the episode and go listen to California in full on YouTube, and then I start the episode again because it is just such a good song,
1: Cheryl. Mm, Yeah, I mean, it really holds up.
0: Do we have to talk about the theme song every single episode? No, we definitely. I mean, we have to do it until I say it's okay for us to stop doing it, and (laughs) that's not yet. Um, episode four, okay. I still really like the theme song, so we'll check back in, uh, in episode five. Next
1: episode. Oh, speaking of, before we get too into this, this episode, today I, I was eating
0: goldfish during it and that was nice. Uh, <laughs> you're not in a towel. Um, that had been oh, your thing yeah. for the first three episodes that you were in a towel and my thing was that my hair always looked bad and Shirley can see. Uh, even oh, though I forgot you can see
1: time. me, I forgot we were looking at each
0: other this whole time. Well, I'm I looking sort of at you. you. weren't looking at me. Anyway, really been laying in my bed talking about what we can see doesn't make for good radio. So let's get back to okay. Not talking
1: one thing about though is I will say yeah I did preface this with I forgot like what this is about and I read the description before we started watching it tonight and I was like ah oh, shit this is a good episode and I feel like it lived up I hope it lived up to your to the expectations I gave you. It definitely
0: delivered. You uh, warned me ahead of time that it was going to be an exciting one, and you didn't overhype it, so that's good. Um, <laughs> cool. Sandy's um, wife, Griffin. So she comes in uh, yeah. uh, to the house after doing some kind of shopping trip with the boys, I guess. And she's like, we're going to have to start getting you bedding and towels. And they're like Mm -hmm. setting up a bed for Ryan. And it sounds like when you go shopping for freshman year of college, but she literally just adopted a kid and one who is actively on probation at that. So it's like a fun sleepover the way she was talking about getting him linens, but like they just adopted a new son.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird that the magnitude doesn't, I think also because as viewers we we know that you know he's there, but like I feel like the magnitude of adopting someone is very much lost in this show.
0: (laughs) Really, (laughs) there's um, also some weird fish eye (laughs) lens shots. Like I don't know what the goal was there, but I didn't know why they were trying to make me feel weird. But I didn't. Successfully made me feel uh, weird. That's
1: funny. I am watching this with flux on my computer, so everything's like a little orange. But I like.
0: Kinda <laughs> that's not important. <laughs> oh, no, it really isn't. I feel like we talked about this in the last episode too, really? where I told you that I matched on Tinder with the guy who invented Flux. Didn't we talk oh, about yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. It,
1: was oh, a bad it was so story long. Ago. Then.
0: It's a weird story okay. now. Okay.
1: <laughs> anyways, anyways, I really like I really laughed when they were like well, I guess it's not that funny, but when she was like, Oh, you can put all your stuff in these um, in these storage, like, areas, and sh- then they were, like, they all realized that he doesn't have any stuff.
0: Yeah. And uh, then...
1: I that was just kind of sad. It was sad. No, no, no. The funny part was when she was like, oh, I guess we have to go shopping. Um, you need, uh, you know, clothes and underpants and et cetera. And, and they, they all giggled at the underpants thing, and he was like, I don't need anything. But I'm like, he obviously needs underwear. Like, <laughs> He's a man. No question. Also,
0: dare I say, he's a flat Stanley. He (laughs) doesn't need anything to survive but his leather choker necklace. (laughs) He
1: (laughs) he needs underwear. Yeah,
0: he's not a person. He's not a person. Yeah. He does
1: really need underwear. Otherwise, (laughs) Marissa will never love
0: him. I don't know. We'll get to it later in the episode, but Marissa. I am really, really enjoying Lately. Um, oh, God. She is, she's not bad at this episode. She's thrilling me in a way that none of the other characters are. <laughs> oh.
1: oh, God. Okay, yeah, let's get into that when we get more into the cotillion. So then, okay, so we're... Oh, also, just another shout-out to... Oh, I feel like Sandy has a big presence in this episode, which is awesome. And I want to shout-out that we're Recording this episode on Father's Day, um, which really re—it reinforces the, you know, this, like, Sandy Cohen is, like, the best TV dad that's ever existed. Um, and I feel like a lot of that comes... What? You keep saying that. I, well, I feel like a lot of that comes through in this episode.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a really solid guy, and not just because later in the episode we see how bad some of the dads really are this is our father's exactly. day bad dad episode <laughs> this is daddy there's,
1: yeah there's a good amount of like adult like i feel like this episode centered around the adults as much as the kids because of all i don't know because the the adults events also put so put so many events in action for the kids too
0: and it's weird how that all intertwines but um, the way the adult's drama shapes the kids' drama. And then right. also, as we can see later with Marissa and her mom, a lot of the stuff... Uh, I I have that written down too, yeah. ...inflict on the kids outside yeah. of, like, the adults' relationships with each other, the relationships they have with the children sometimes yeah. are in, uh, inherently negative. Oh, um,
1: and it's funny that the kids don't even, like, know what's going on with the adults. Yeah, yeah. So... Right.
0: Um, so we can explain. Is it time to explain a little bit more about what's going on with the adults and the? Oh, uh,
1: where? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, where are we? So everyone's
0: getting ready for the cotillion, mm-hmm.
1: and Newport is a buzz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, what what are you gonna say about the parents? Um,
0: I think there is before it's fully revealed that all of. Uh, the families are finding out how much money Jimmy has really lost. Um, he has a brief interaction with Sandy, and Sandy's like, how much, how much did you lose? And Jimmy's like, no, oh, no, no, man, we'll talk about it later. And Sandy's like, mm-hmm. no, oh, okay, all right, and kind of lets it go. And he's like, so how'd you lose it? <laughs> and <Jimmy's laughs> like, no, no, I don't yeah. want to talk about it. And and then the other dad is Greg? Is that his name? Yeah,
1: uh, other dad doesn't matter. I don't know uh-huh.
0: who that is but that guy is also, I mean, he definitely matters later, but we can kind of see that Jimmy's financial woes are coming to a head. And the, um, the secrets we know he has about having lost a lot of money and then used the money from his peers to kind of plug those debts. Um, we know that people are finding out about it and, uh, coincidentally all of these things are all going on as we get closer to the cotillion. Um, So there's like cotillion practice. (laughs) There's rehearsal, I guess, where we see the kids all meet up for dance practice and uh, Seth is pumped because he's hoping to dance with his crush. Mm.
1: Yes. Um, Oh, yes. So I note that, yeah, we find out that Jimmy's basically operating Pyramid Scheme um, and and oh, and Sandy freaks, freaks out because he's, um, well, he tells Kirsten, and he freaks out because an SEC guy like comes in and like asks him to be a part of the investigation, which is freaky because he's like, "Did you know that check that we wrote the Coopers like we're a part of that means now we're part of this fraud investigation that Jimmy's under." Um, so that's yeah. So then. Uh, there's a lot of adult scenes woven in with the kids scene. So I'm like kind of losing track with the progression of the episode, but the scene where they get ready for like, where they have to do a dance practice is pretty good. Um, They like, so yeah, Ryan doesn't know that he has to dance, which is great. Um, And then, oh yeah. And I mean, Ryan didn't know he was going to Catillion at all, but um, you know, of course he is. And then, they are paired up with people who don't have dates. So, like, this is the debut of Anna, and I wrote Anna in all caps with a lot of A's and a lot of N's, um, because this is, like, super exciting. And I don't know how you feel about her yet, but, like, oh, my study,
0: God. I'm obsessed with Anna partially. Yeah has her outfit and um, we can talk a bit about the clothes this episode straight up felt like a period piece to me <laughs> like obviously all of their outfits are a little bit dated in general but something about this episode like i don't know if it was the big flower applique like palm flower on one of the tag tops or marissa's halter top like or seth was wearing the layered polo look
1: like, oh yeah, yeah. And okay. the skirts that they were all wearing, it was like all the girls were wearing those like weird spandex skirts with like girls skirts. Long tank
0: tops. Yeah. Yeah. So something about the fashion of this felt like disaster, but um Anna's character is played by Rachel Lee Cook, who has a special No,
1: it's not. Character. Yeah, that's totally her. No, it's not. That's totally Rachel
0: Lee Cook. <laughs> it's not This is hilarious.
1: <laughs> Charlie.
0: No, it's not. <laughs> girl, No, you make me Google something in the middle of this episode.
1: I, <laughs> I just want, want you to keep thinking
0: this for any longer than you think it. You do you want me to keep thinking it? I don't, I don't know why right. you think <laughs> this. The OC. Oh, really, Cheryl? Who do you think plays Anna?
1: There's some girl that's, like, no one now. She's, like, really pretty, but...
0: She's Rachel Lee Cook. She's
1: not Rachel Why do you think she looks nothing like Rachel e. Cook? Everything. Uh,
0: everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything says I'm doing a fine child. Anna. Oh my god. Anna Stern, fictional character p- portrayed by. I mean, okay, I see it a little bit, but she really doesn't look like her. Wow, this is more really bad for radio. Talking about how people look and googling things. Some Samier, Samari I don't know. Oh my God! Well, there goes my whole diatribe on Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I'll take that L, and I think it's time for us to keep moving. <laughs> I don't know if
1: anyone's
0: ever uh, thought the
1: no, same thing. No, Jesus, Shirley. Oh, okay. you know what? People have thought the same thing as you, so you're you're okay. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. we okay. totally skipped where, um... Seth dances his gif. Wait, we missed so much. Your notes must have just skipped right over. There was a lot more I saw in the past. Okay, so there's a cool, sassy teen. I'll just do some lightning round. Uh, All right. Cool this is my lightning round commentary. Okay. Um why does Orion always look confused? <laughs> <laughs> the same amount like he looked he looks the same all the time. It's always confused. He looked confused when they said we're adopting you. He looked confused <laughs> when he was like super horny zipping up Marissa's dress. Oh yeah, I wrote that down. What no sixteen year old boy can do that. Sorry. Okay, moving on. Yeah, also I didn't even know what the uh the fastening. <laughs> Mechanism was. (laughs) Um, I didn't know what was going on there. And then um, in... So we see that, like, Summer kind of has the hoots for Ryan a little bit. And there's a lot of matchmaking. Who's going to be with who um, in this episode. And part of that is... Um, Summer's pretty interested in Ryan and uh, Summer and Marissa are in the dressing room together getting their cotillion outfits and is um, uh, uh, talking about why she's so into Ryan, talking about how he's a bad boy and she's really into it and Marissa, I mean we know has feelings for Ryan so she's like you know, he's really not that much of a bad boy mm-hmm. and uh, Summer makes a cool, sassy teen comment, like, he's oh, yeah. like a bad boy when I get done with him, which, like, <laughs> what the fuck is that me? <laughs> um, that troubled it's me, uh... enough to put it down and I'm still going to keep thinking about it later. I, I think it's just, like, it hit me again throughout this episode that we are straight up watching a soap opera, and it's an hour long.
1: <laughs> it's 40 minutes long. With the commercials, Hulu. <laughs> oh,
0: you couldn't. You're not supposed to reveal that. I didn't say how we've accessed these Hulu episodes. Okay, <laughs> the hint. Um, well, how <laughs> Hulu gonna come after us. Shirley, no one fucking listens to this, especially now. Uh, I was thinking when I was watching, um, not watching, but listening to. This American Life earlier this week when Ira Glass always apologizes and like gives a warning that if you have kids there's going to be cursing in this episode mm-hmm. we should start doing that in Ira Glass's voice but like uh, we're not going to put a censored version up on the website because nobody cares so. uh, um, med- if we have, again, but if listeners you have are, uh, your kids are listening <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> could be
1: inspiring. Are yeah we could be inspiring a whole new generation to watch the show that's a
0: nightmare to think about. Okay, um, so, think so enters the door with the uh, unfastened cotillion. still on this? Okay. Yeah, because Ryan slowly clasps it on her, and the camera pans up her back in slow motion. And uh, <laughs> Ryan confused. Um, and yeah. That- pretty much caught up with where I wanted to be. I also have a note that rich people have a lot of obligations and all us working class people can afford to do is work. Um, Okay. (laughs) So uh, if anyone is listening to this episode and has any work opportunities available, I am open. All right. Back to you, Cheryl. (laughs) 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 Our new podcast is a uh, it's like a the open
1: job application.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's it's just called help get Mallory a job parentheses. Welcome to the OC bitch. <laughs> uh
1: you could Okay, well anyways, I went point... is there cars time. where you are? What?
0: Okay. Yeah. So... Oh wait, we could get into that real quick. Uh so I actually moved across the country since our last episode. Uh Shirley is so East Coast centric that she doesn't believe Portland has cars but we sure do. Um, and I guess now that I live on the West Coast, the people in the show are kind of my people now. And I think I'm the new official West Coast correspondent on this show. West Coast correspondent. there's um,
1: I can't wait to get actually to the turn of the season because <laughs> cause they you're... Portland? What? Did I move to Portland? No, but like I, I didn't want to give it away. But, like there's, oh. It plays a role. They don't move to Portland, but it plays a role.
0: Oh, there's something about Portland. Okay, great.
1: Yeah. Right, don't my- don't
0: don't you dare look it up. Um I won't look it up, Charlotte. <laughs> it's hard enough because what's his name? Brandon Mordell. <laughs> uh, since we've started recording this episode, uh, or this series rather, this podcast, has started watching and uh, tweeting things about the O. C and he's further along than I am. So no. not trying to beef, But I have officially uh, muted Brandon Wardell on Twitter because in this day and age, the year of our Lord 2017, I'm worried about OC spoilers. So
1: <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's so, so right amazing.
0: Um, uh, he should so come shout out to Brandon Wardell because I can't follow you on Twitter anymore because you are actively spoiling the OC. <laughs>
1: he should... Um, we could have him on the show at one point. Yeah, <laughs>
0: sure. Now that I've started some comedian beef, okay. All right. Okay, so um, we're you.
1: almost at the like cotillion at this point. No, no, we're still in cotillion practice, and um, <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to the kid that has to dance with the teacher. <laughs> <I can't laughs> I can't even that. Yeah. Because no matter how like lame Seth is, or like the, how how they claim he's so lame, like he's still not as lame as that kid
0: go to a practice with the teacher yeah um, okay so now we're now we're moving through, on so yes yeah, so through a series of events at the practice there's something very Shakespearean I'm gonna go with um, about this episode like a mm-hmm. Shakespearean comedy of errors in that mm-hmm. um, was our English teacher miss Pittner in 10th grade would always describe like Shakespearean comedies as everyone is ending up with the wrong person and mm-hmm. like there's all this misunderstanding and this person looks away for twenty seconds and now this person is involved. Like mm-hmm. so that's what this episode felt like. It was a lot of like, I'll be your date. No, this happened. Now I'll be your date, yeah. but just in time for the person you really wanted to be your date to ask you. So Yeah. Um, it's the same as the date swapping
1: scene that comes later when they're actually at the cotillion and I it's just yeah, I thought the same thing. Like it's just a really lovely like like progression of
0: Date swapping. <laughs> yeah, there's um, it's like musical chairs. Of, yeah, of high school feelings. So we see tensions rising uh, between Luke and Ryan over Marissa. Um, and okay. Marissa oh, yeah. is still kind of in Luke's arms, and he says like he doesn't not trust. Her, he just doesn't trust everyone else, which, on top of being abusive, also hit me pretty hard because that's what my parents told me about not being able to go out for my driver's license exam. It wasn't that they didn't trust me; that they didn't trust everyone else on the road. So, there's that. <laughs> really? uh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Hit yeah, hit home there.
0: Um, it- Ryan has feelings for Marissa. Marissa has feelings for Ryan. And I think we've established we've that. in the middle of it. Uh, constantly trying to start fights.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like he did it like four times this episode. Oh, okay. So moving on, they, so now they've done cotillion practice, and I guess there's always a big party before cotillion, of course. This is like, a big cookout, and yeah, and it's, you know, they're at that girl Holly's house, and they're all drinking again, and like, of course, just more teen house uh, to set the yeah. scene. Yeah. A lot of the um, key,
0: a lot of. 30-year-old women bodies on what's supposed to be 17-year-olds. <laughs> they're
1: they're not that old. They're, some of them were in their 20s. Um, so the extras were definitely older. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe extras. Um, yeah, Summer like, wants to switch dates with Anna because Anna's supposed to go with Ryan because she's new and he's new. Um, and she ma- makes a reference to Jack Johnson tickets, which I thought was funny. Cause funny. Cause Summer's supposed to be You know, it's given Summer some credibility there. And then they have this cookout thing and um, Luke or Ryan and Marissa are talking and Luke's kind of telling her what to do and saying, like, don't talk to him and like giving, I don't know, bossing her around. And then she kind of stands up to him and starts giving him some sass. And it's like nice to see Marissa being at least a little bit defending herself but then again as always she becomes useless again because luke punches ryan again (laughs) but he doesn't fight back this time
0: i don't know i kind of thought um yeah i guess so luke goes right for the gut punch takes ryan down and marissa just kind of storms off yeah she pulls herself out of the situation um So right before we get to this party scene, actually, they're kind of happening in tandem. One of the fellow parents, I guess Holly's dad, I think his name is Greg, runs into Jimmy, asks about his investment. So we're seeing that storyline with Jimmy's um, losing everyone's money uh, keeps coming up again and again. So this parent asks for his investment back. Um, You know, now we know it's because Jimmy is completely out of money and he used the money he borrowed to plug his debt holes (laughs) (laughs) Get holes um so he's like all right uh you know i'll talk to you later i'll talk to you later and he's like okay you know the kids have that barbecue tonight i'll talk to you at cotillion and um so that has fully set the stage for um this financial argument to come to a head at cotillion um mm,
1: yeah oh yeah and then meanwhile sandy and kirsten are fighting about it too um and like like uh, oh God, yeah. There's a scene where they're they're in his office, and and he's talking about I don't know. She's talking about defending Jimmy, and he's talking about. It's kind of crazy because when you think about again what the work that he does is is defending children who you know like he's a public defender, and most of his clients are are minors. So like, there's a moment where he's like, oh, where he's talking about kid. You know, this poor kid has two drug offenses. He's only 15 um, and he's super busy. And then Kirsten's all like, why can't you defend Jimmy? Um, and makes a case for like for him. And then Sandy kind of just gives her the business and is like, he fucked over all his friends and he like lied and stole. And she was like, oh, you'd rather defend this kid with two drug offenses then than like than your friend. And and yeah, there's a big argument over that because Sandy's and like, Sandy. He didn't wrong.
0: Like, a kid yeah. isn't at fault. He's a kid. Sandy retorts uh, with an argument that kind of mirrors Jimmy and his wife, um, where Sandy says something about, like, you know, your relationship with Jimmy. And she's like, oh, he, like, he was just a really good friend. Like, he was really important to me growing up here. Yeah. Um, And then in an argument, or rather when um, Kirsten goes to talk to Jimmy privately, Jimmy's Mm -hmm. wife comes into the room and goes, oh, you guys are together. And like, we see kind of the same thing. I mean, a lot caddier are on her end than on Uh Sandy the other spouse in both of these respective relationships um, is making note of how close Jimmy and Kirsten are. Yeah. Um, which is we've been seeing from the beginning and it's um, also coming to a head with this financial thing as it is Kirsten's uh, choice to kind of defend him and in that way go against her husband and side on another man's side which is not uh, cool in the story, so there's that um,
1: yeah. also because I feel like Jimmy or sandy sees right through people too, so there's an added layer of who he is and like the whole situation, but also like the way he looks like you know the way he judges people in those see and and has is a good judge of character
0: um okay, and now it is time to start getting ready for the cotillion. Oh, yes. Um, we see Marissa and her mom we were talking about the drama that the in impart on their kids um, Marissa's mom is uh, really adamant about Marissa going with Luke and she's at one point she says you guys have been together forever and like Marissa's 16 <laughs> like she's so serious about Luke and Marissa um, mm-hmm. going to Cotillion dating being together like she's very serious about what feels like an arranged relationship, yeah. um, and she's 16 years old. Like I'm 23 and would love to settle in a relationship. And my mom is like actively encouraging me to like go date and sleep around. <laughs> and this girl's 16, and her mom is like, "You need to be with Luke. <laughs> like you've already spent so much of your life together."
1: Oh, I mean, but, and Julie's like, uh, Julie's honestly one of the most fascinating characters on the show. Like her right now she's not great but like she really is an incredible um character and uh i think that what i think what i think is interesting is how like it's one of those weird lines between i think she was always trying to play the mom friend card like she walks in and is like i need to borrow some lip gloss honey and like and like talking you know gossiping about the dress with her and like joking about how she's like she's not a size 0 anymore and just like trying to be she's I feel like she's always there's always an element of like she didn't have Marissa's life growing up and so she lives vicariously obviously through her daughter and that makes for a very very unhealthy dynamic cuz she it doesn't know how to actually be there for her and there's even a moment where Marissa's like this is all about you like you know, that's the only reason that she wants her to go with Luke is for her, so.
0: And Marissa's mom, the scene closes with Marissa's mom threatening her. She says, like, you'll be sorry. (laughs) In reference to, um, choosing to not go to Cotillion with Luke. Um, so, during this part, there's, like, a cool narrative structure where we see four different people bailing on the Cotillion and, like, Yeah, I liked it. or, uh, like, smash cut vignettes, basically, so yeah. um, Marissa says she doesn't want to go, and then we go to uh, Seth confronting, right? And then, yeah, we go to Seth confronting Ryan. Ryan doesn't want to go to Cotillion. Then we go to um Marissa's mom and dad, and Jimmy yeah. doesn't want to go to Cotillion, and then um we go back to Kirsten and Sandy, and Sandy doesn't want to go, and it's, like, more of this comedy there is this person doesn't want to go you know Ryan and Marissa don't want to go without each other but they both don't know the other one isn't going like a little Romeo and Juliet business um yeah and but just, opens up the opportunity for Sandy and Ryan to bond yeah which I was is, just gonna say that well, yeah no. what do you have to say about that
1: no that's it it just that's a uh, another Sandy Cohen dad moment TM that
0: I'll, <laughs> I'll give you that <laughs> is one. really sweet totally yeah crown. like
1: Yeah, and then and then at the same and then Marissa comes over and is like, "Oh, you're not at the ball either." And they decide they want to go, and like just at the drop of a hat, Sandy's like, "All right, get in the car. I'll take you, kids." Like he's just the best.
0: Yeah, Um, that was really sweet. Even though seeing them together feels like there's about a ten year age difference between them, which is kind of weird. There's something about. There
1: is. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. Something about the. um, I don't know if it's like the the style. Or, I don't know, something about it, like, the dress makes it way more obvious that um, there are, like, people in their mid to late 20s, or, yeah, people in their mid to late 20s playing teenagers. Or is it just because, like, teenagers play teenagers these days?
1: No, like... No, Misha Barton was. We've we've gone we've gone through this. Misha so. But like Sandy and
0: Brian hanging out together, it's like this is just like two dudes yeah. playing video games. But it's a father and son, whatever. Um, two adults playing games.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. No. So I mean, he honestly, that's funny because he does look baby face the more that I rewatch this. But at the time, they they looked so old. Um. It's weird to think. Well, they were probably like our age now when they were playing teenagers.
0: Mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Which is, um okay. so anyway so there's happened between scenes of everyone bailing on Katilian but also back and forth to Katilian where Seth is bonding with Anna. Yes. Um, I wrote down you can, feel <laughs> you can feel
1: that. I, the, I wrote down that you can feel the angst and I don't really actually remember why I wrote that but um well
0: there's an extremely unwoke comment <laughs> where uh, Anna talks about how she loves comic books and says, like, you love comic books, but you're a girl. (laughs) And uh, he's, like, too nerdy for his own good. So, I mean, obviously there's still a ton of shitty media out right now, but just watching the way these kids interact, like, I don't feel like a lot of, like, the majority of teenagers you see in media representation would say something that stupid anymore.
1: Really? Uh Yeah, I don't think so um I, I do feel like the the like but the bonding to, to be between anna and seth is so like uh, yeah you're right it's totally romanticized it's not like like how conversations actually sound but that's why it's so good, good. that's why i think it's so good i think that's why i wrote you can feel the angst because it's such a classic of like oh the perfect girl right in front of you lot la-di-da like um kind of moment like anna's you know,
0: pining over Summer. And right. he's trying to find a way that this, uh, like, musical chairs of dates could end in his favor, where he could end up with Summer. But Summer's unavailable, so he ends up really um, bonding with Anna. Yeah, which is really cool to see. Yeah, yeah
1: um, and I love watching that develop, for sure. Um, and I can also have a lot of feelings to to on that, that that will come out in later episodes. But, um, okay, so anyways, so can- we're at... Yeah. So now Ryan and Marissa have arrived at Cotillion and Luke sees that she's arrived with Ryan and like gets angry again. And he's just like, no, fuck it. I'm done now. Like there's just, this is just like too much back and forth. And he's honestly, he was, he actually was a little bit mature about it when he's just like, I'm, I'm done. Like there's, I'm not going back and forth with this again. Um, and then Mm -hmm. she acts shocked, like, (laughs)
0: Yeah, I get. I mean, Luke looks like a straight-up evil prince <laughs> in his <laughs> cotillion outfit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to believe that Ryan is the one with charges when Luke is the one who always resorts to punching. But
1: that's called that's his privilege. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, and then so yeah, so then they make
0: so uh, triangle. What? There's another triangle fight. Um, between the love triangle, Ryan, Luke, Marissa.
1: Oh, right, yeah. And then eventually, yeah, and then they're all like, what do we do now? So, of course, Ryan ends up going Marissa, Luke leaves. Um, Summer's now without a date, because now Seth has decided to go with Anna. Um mm-hmm and it's it's pretty comical and actually they don't show summer's debut they don't show who she ended up going with but um so they they make their debut and that's all relatively you know sweet and all the parents are clapping and it's like a moment of of calm before the storm where like mm. you know they they everyone is is really enjoying the moment it is really really sweet when like all the da- the dads you know walk their daughters and the the guys Weird. yeah patriarchal way though <laughs> like giving away your daughter is still oh, like
0: it's super big is still creepy it is super but creepy but you just got accepted in the context of this yeah So and it's you were as you were saying it is very timely for our father's day daddy episode so it is,
1: that's, this is kind of weird yeah so then because then everything seems to be going swimmingly until um you know they start dancing and like the reception or whatever begins and that guy, you know, Jimmy's friend, who bought, who invested with him, and wants his money back, comes after him again because he didn't have the money to, get, to like return to him, and he starts going at it, um, and like things escalate fairly quickly, and he's just like, you know, and and he, it's totally genuine at first, where he's like, oh, like what's what's going on? Like this is my, you know, my family's money. Like I need it from you. What's happening? And then Jimmy kind of um, is trying to brush him off. Yeah. And then eventually it just explodes and he's just like, well, you're a fucking liar and a fucking thief. So.
0: Mm-hmm. And the fathers are just as quick to use uh, their hands as <laughs> the teens are. Um, and they totally they well, I guess. Yeah, they all go at it. And Sandy jumps in. So Greg, I think his name is Greg. Um,
1: That's, his name does not matter.
0: I'll guarantee you that. <laughs> Okay, well, see, you have the privilege of having seen this before, and I am only now uh, receiving that honor. So uh, <laughs> I don't know what's important or not, but that's that's the whole joy of me experiencing all
1: right, all right.
0: losing my OC virginity. Okay, um, so Greg uh, swings a jimmy. The, the dads have completely, like, this scene has uh, drawn everyone's attention. It totally... Stops all the action around them, and Sandy hops in to defend Jimmy. I guess.
1: Yeah, to defend Jimmy, which is big because he just spent the whole episode
0: shit talking him. So, but he is. I guess you're right. Yeah, the more we see of Sandy, the more honorable his character is, um, and that kind of wins some affection back from Kirsten, because like when Jimmy's wife sees this fight happening, she like hides her face. And you can see that she's ashamed that her husband and thus her um are being embarrassed in front of everyone, and um Kirsten shows genuine concern for like her husband's safety, but yeah. uh all Jimmy's wife cares about is like being embarrassed and yeah and,
1: and appearances, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so I don't know uh, after the disaster that is Cotillion uh, we see Marissa's crying and she has uh, Ryan's suit jacket over her shoulders and Ryan's kind of comforting her and this is when I was thinking about how much I really enjoy her character and that she's like kind of complex and interesting as characters in this show go
1: Actually, and by that you mean she's just pretty much always m- brooding and crying.
0: Yeah, which I really relate to, surely. So we all find ourselves <laughs> different characters in the show, and I find myself in Marissa's position, even though two guys are not actively fighting for my affection. But <laughs> I really, I respect the fact that she cries a lot.
1: Oh uh, yeah. So then she uh, like I don't know. It's kind of nice though when she does when she is kind of just like no I need to be alone like neither of you like, yeah. you, you, you
0: both are just being annoying and she just like runs off which is nice because, because also like, my... angry because yeah. Ryan's comforting her but Luke yeah. apologizes and then she's like no actually I don't want either of you I need to be alone it was nice to yeah. see her stand up for herself
1: right it is yeah it is nice to have seen her and more than once in this episode stand up for herself I will say when they were sharing a sweet moment and they turn around (laughs) and Luke Luke just looks like like an evil hobbit (laughs) he I don't know what it was it it was the ears he looked like an evil hobbit
0: that's Um, pretty much how we can
1: wrap this episode up (laughs) and then I decided they all look like hobbits (laughs)
0: Uh, it's really late.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, because they cut to Ryan right after that, and I was like, damn, he kind of looks like a hobbit, too. <laughs>
0: I'm so confused.
1: You're, okay. <laughs> it was just when they were dressed, they looked like hobbits at a party, like, you know, when they're all dressed up.
0: You um. <laughs> <laughs> love to party. Do You think hobbits have cotillions?
1: <laughs> yeah, they have, Yeah, they dre- they have parties all the time.
0: Yeah, I guess if they can have parties, I don't know why they wouldn't have a debutante ball. Okay. Anyway,
1: anyway uh, things that we're looking forward to. Uh,
0: for this week or the next episode?
1: Oh, in the next episode, I don't cover your week.
0: Uh, well, as a seeing I don't have a job, there really is nothing much going on in my week anyway. But thanks for the insult to injury on that one, Shirley, my former best friend. Um. Things I'm looking forward to, uh, Marissa continuing to stand up for herself. I'm looking forward to, uh, seeing what plays out with Anna and Mm -hmm. Seth. And also because of that, um, Summer getting snubbed. Like I get the impression that Summer never, uh, doesn't get what she wants. That was a bad double negative. I'm going to say Summer always gets what she wants and, um, Ryan or um, Seth rather ending up with Anna instead of her after him constantly giving her his affection uh, Mm -hmm. to have that kind of ripped out from under her And when he was like uh, you know she comes running back to him like you know I'm ready for you to take me as your date now and he's like no actually I'm good and he sticks to his guns Um, that's Mm -hmm. pretty cool so I'm excited to see if uh, her being turned down makes her want him and I feel
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited for you to see the progression of um of Anna and Seth and where they go from here too. So Okay. Alright.
0: Cool. I mean, oh yeah. I mean Anna's like
1: cool alt.
0: Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a cool what? nerd ro- uh I'm excited for nerd romance. Yeah. So, all right. Uh yeah, one so more the last
1: thing that we need to do.
0: Yeah. Oh crap. I, I didn't just- think of one.
1: Um, I have one.
0: Well, we kind of exposed the platform, but...
1: (laughs) Okay, is that enough?
0: I don't know. Okay, Cheryl, well, uh, well, this is the part of the show at the very end where, uh, one, we thank you if you've stuck around this long with us, and two, we shout out a thank you to our anonymous sponsor. So, uh, Cheryl, what's your thank you to the anonymous sponsor this week? Um
1: thank you. <laughs> her fact, her fact about her. This oh, we've already revealed that it's a her. Yeah. Um, her fact this week is that she likes to stretch in the shower.
0: <laughs> all right. So thank you again yep. to our anonymous sponsor. She is great, and she likes to stretch in the shower. Uh, so we will be back next week for episode <laughs> five. Welcome to the OC, bitch. Good night, be right there, Cheryl. <laughs> okay, good, good night. night
1: all. <laughs> Good night, moon.